Hello and good day to you, my beautiful friends. I do hope you're well. Welcome to episode 42 of Cross Button VR, our journey into the world of PSVR 2, a show for those who want to share in our newfound enthusiasm for the world of VR. I'm your host, Laurie, and we are part of the Cross Players. So if you like what you hear, do check out thecrossplayers.com for links to all of our content and our Discord. And do check out Crosscast, our weekly podcast that covers the full gamut of gaming. Now, it is an honor to be joined by two of the most bombastic influencers in the metaverse. It's Ben and Alex. Hello there, chaps. Mr. Bombastic. Yeah, there you go. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, Laurie. It's funny I say that. Go on. What? Go on. No, Why no, no. Funny? Funny. Alex stole the joke. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lover, lover. He never does that. Never does that. Um. Yeah. You both well. You both well. You good? Uh, yeah. Really good. Feeling well, Christmassy. Good. I've got the Christmas lights. Alex has got his oh, Christmas jumper. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Laurie. Beautiful. Where's I, the effort? Come on, no, man. No Christmas up here in the in the loft for me. The Christmas doesn't extend this far into our house. All right, Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> um yeah maybe by next week we'll do a christmas episode next week i'll put some lights up for you just for you ben and you alex you. i do have a playstation christmas jumper as well so i might even wear that yeah oh and i've pre- got a nintendo one so we can all represent, <laughs> we can represent. Oh, yeah. the big three across uh, players there we yeah. go um yeah although alex you should have a quest christmas jumper do they do those maybe. yet yeah maybe, maybe see if i can find one all right, enough about your one. jumper collection. We've got okay. plenty to get through tonight because we have a treat for everyone tonight. We have got an epic interview with none other than Jörg Tithill, uh, the developer of uh, C-Smash VRS, the winner of our best sports game of the year. He was so pleased to win his award. He wanted to come in and thank us personally. Um, and he did. So we've had a great time talking to him. And as ever with Jörg, the interview was uh, wide-ranging, broad, uh, full of interesting insights and conversation and stuff. So everyone should check out. And that is going to be the bulk of this episode. So we are just going to cover off uh, just quite briefly some of the news. Um, I think we're going to come back next week with some of the things we've been playing once we've had a bit more time with them because there's been quite a few really good big releases this week and we'll cover mm. them off quickly, the reception to them, but we want to all spend a bit more time with them before we have a proper discussion about them. If you want to find out the latest reviews about Arizona Sunshine, there's plenty of people out there that reviewed it already, so you don't need to. You can wait to hear our thoughts. It's fine. Okay, so I'm going to jump into the news. First up, we've got uh, a reveal of a game which I saw and I thought, this is the most Alex game I have ever seen. Uh, Toy Trains VR. Yeah, yeah, he's nodding vigorously for the audio listeners. Um, yeah, it's, you're, in, you're in your granddad's loft with a toy train set and you have to basically, it seems like a puzzle-solving game where you have to put bits of track down to get people to where they want to be and stuff. And then it says once you've solved the puzzles, you can just, just tinker with it. Just, just put little trees down and people down and... Yeah, it just looks like a lovely, relaxing time. I I I can't confirm or deny whether this might already be installed on my PlayStation. Wow. Mm. Well, it comes out on January the sixteenth, so you've got nice early access to it there. So, get that one quiet, Alex. If you That's do, or don't have it. Who knows? Mm, well, who knows? Who knows? We might be getting Alex's thoughts in the future weeks then. <laughs> so it looks, it, it does look nice though. I, I'm genuinely interested um, to try to try this one out. And uh, obviously, if there's one thing cooler than a grown man playing with a train set, it's a grown man <laughs> playing with a train set in VR. So yeah, yeah looking well, forward it, to it. It goes with mm. my, my coolness of grown man playing with Lego in VR. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just regressing into a virtual childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, cool. Well, we'll hear about that one in a few weeks' time then from Alex. Thank you. Uh, another game that has been released this week. Uh, surprise release for Among Us. We knew it was coming. Well, at least I think we knew it was coming. Uh, and it's it just kind of dropped without any surprise. Everyone was like, oh, hold on. It's, it's out there. And then it was a day or two later. They actually put a blog up about it, didn't they? And she hey. confirms that it was out. And it was kind of like a staggered drop. Like, it was like, oh, it's available. It's, it's not. And then it was like, but it's not available here. And it's available here. And it's not. And I'm like, mm, give mm. it time. Come on. Calm down. Uh, uh, and Ben, you cheeky little minx. You've picked this one up, haven't you, already? Yeah. Bought you straight, straight in there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Straight in. First impressions, very strong. Uh, I've saw some of the guys in the community playing it as well. Seems to be uh, popular. Although yeah. the lobby, the sort of lobbies when you're playing outside your friendship group, pretty dead still but oh, early but days I, I think i don't ever want to play this game with friends anyway because you want to just be yeah it's like it's that social experience i think with it uh, and on our discord it's got a very funny video of i think it's phil and, and reese playing it and someone feels following reese and you can hear him singing <laughs> to himself which is uh, very, <laughs> very endearing there so yeah very cool old. Uh, all right, we'll talk about more about that. I think this one we're all going to pick up and we'll, we'll organise a game night while playing that. Yes. Uh, that should be good fun. Uh, game, another game which has arrived and hasn't seen any reviews for this. I don't think they gave out any review codes, which is never a good sign, is Arashi Castles of Sin got its PSVR 2 version. And Alex, I think you have uh, found out that it's not particularly, particularly yeah, good. Landing. Yeah, certainly from the kind of chatter I've seen on Twitter and stuff, it seems to seems to fall into the buggy mess category um, rather than the triumphant oh. category. So that's a shame. Yeah, it hasn't gone down too well. I enjoyed the look of this one, so that's a shame. Yeah, I watched a bit of um, kind of funny stream it on launch day, and it it looked looked fi- it looked fine to me. Obviously, that was a sponsor stream, so they're not going to slag it off. But yeah, it looked all right. I think Push Square. I've done a mini review of it and gave it six out of ten, which mm. is not, probably in line with what you're hearing. Not terrible, but yeah, yeah. not great. It's a tough week Shame. to launch a six out of ten, though. <laughs> it is. Yes, it's a tough year to launch a six out of ten. Well, indeed, yeah. Um, but I mean, there must be a market for someone wanting to be a, a virtual samurai. So I think people will still want to play it, and maybe they'll they'll patch it up to up to scratch. So we can. Uh, I'd like to play it at some point. Um, a game that has come out and we've been playing and has reviewed very well, though, is Arizona Sunshine 2. And like I said at the beginning, we will do a proper in-depth review of this one in the next week or two. Uh, but, oh, yeah, I'm really liking what I've played so far of it. It's it's really, really mm. good game, really fun, really well-polished. Uh, I think it's close to a AAA game as, as you're getting VR. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> See, we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, okay. Um, and then there's Vertigo 2 as well, which was also due to release this week. We've been playing a bit of that. Um, I've got lots to say. <laughs> I've got lots of thoughts on that one. But we're going to hold off on that one as well because it had a last-minute delay. It's now been coming out. Uh, they, they, yeah. they don't know when, do they? they just, no, they haven't. So they found a bug that says just as long as it takes them to fix it, I guess. Yeah, they, they basically yeah. said they could have taken the risk that they could have still released it the day, but they didn't want to release it if they couldn't get the bug fixed. So they don't think it's going to take too long to get it fixed, and they're working on it. But they don't want to, they don't want to take the risk of releasing it with the bug. Which I think in this climate is fair enough. Like if you if something's come up last minute and you're aware of it, then give it a few days until you yeah. fix it. And yeah. you have to remember that game is a very small development team that is making that game. Yeah, just sort out that 
frog with the saggy tits while you're at it as well. <laughs> <'Cause that's, laughs> what is that all about? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I've got lots to say about this game, but we shall hold off until <laughs> until next week on that one. Um, Firewall Ultra to get into new maps, which if anyone's still playing that, there might be some people. Um, <laughs> be excited, there'll be some new maps. I'm surprised it's taken a while. <laughs> that sort of thing, live service games, they get a, quite a, a lot of new content at launch. Um, but yeah, it's getting some new maps now, which is good for people that want to play that. Uh, still not really one that's appealing to me we'll, we'll get there eventually when maybe. yeah maybe um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh last night yesterday we had the upload vr conference and there were it was loads wasn't it? there were loads of things in it but there wasn't a huge amount of psvr2 stuff there loads of quests it made, re- made me realize like oh god it, psvr2 is a niche of a niche <laughs> still quest is very much the 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 leading VR platform and it pains me to say that as the host of a PSVR two podcast but it's just it's just the facts right it's like there were so many games everything is in development for 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 Quest um maybe Quest and PC VR but um pretty much everything's coming to Quest um so yeah reminded me there's some work for Sony to do to get make make the case for themselves as to why not but yeah but what I would See though, on the other hand, is I wouldn't be surprised though if you come out and Game Awards are a few hours away, and I'd be shocked if you don't see Sony announce something for the PSVR two at Game Awards. Yeah, and if they do, it will probably be bigger right. and more high profile than anything that was shown at the upload VR. And that's the thing with Quest; it's getting tons of games in it, but there's probably they're mm. not games that are capturing the the zeitgeist um, part of the conversation in a way that a new Astrobot would. Yeah, because no. that. Will- Go on, Alex. Sorry, I was because I, I, I tweeted out about this and there was a very mixed reaction because I I watched this and I thought it was very good. I thought I was quite excited by some of the stuff that I seen, but I really like mixed reality. So yeah, you just saw you just like the Lego trailer mm, they had, didn't you? Yeah, well, I really like that game. <clears> so, but all the other stuff like there was one. Um, sorry, I know you're going to go through this. It was, I think it's Demeter. It's called, and it's like a mixed reality platformer. And it, just the way the, the trailer they showed for that, like that looks really cool. Like, so much of that to me looks really cool because I enjoy the mixed reality stuff. But I can understand then people on the other side going, "That was very mid. Like that was rubbish. So that's the future of VR. I'm out." But we get a predominant PSVR two audience where there wasn't much there for them, so I can understand yeah. that same thing. Yeah, and the end of the day, the big a lot of people are only interested in the big high profile games. And no offense to upload VR, but that's not where Sony are going to reveal games at an upload. VR to conference, they will use their own platform for for that. So, uh, just to quick we, run... uh, go, go on, go for it because I was going to ask a question probably about one of the games you'll mention. So okay, well, I was just literally going to quick run through. I think people should watch, go to Upload VR's website because they do a great job of covering all this stuff. So, I don't want to, you know, people should just go to check out them at the source. But just to run through, if people just to try and tempt people to go over there and watch it, all the PSVR 2 uh, reveals that I could. Uh, that I spotted, and there might be more that I've missed, but it's, it's Prison Boss VR. It's available now, and they also announced a sequel for that that will be coming to uh, PSVR 2. Uh, Drums Rock is getting a new music pack with some new tracks on there. Um, Astro Hunters, a new game revealed, which is just a CGI trailer. Um, the logo, they looked very very similar to Astrobot logo, and I was like, is this what they're doing here? Because Astro is, you think Astro, you think Astrobot, and their logo looks even the same, so uh, I thought that was a, a funny even they're just taking the mickey a little bit there um there was a new trailer for soul covenant uh <laughs> new good. release date given yeah. for madison vr or you have to say soul covenant it's soul covenant they say it's in that <laughs> wonderful japanese 
Uh, the way they did it oh, that was Japanese. Japanese. Okay. Yeah, the way they say it, pronounce it with a I Japanese that was translation. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Okay. Uh, Madison VR got a release date of 20th of February. Uh, so that was due out around Halloween before. So it's now got a new release date, which is good. Um, a new trailer for the events at Unity Farm, which is due to come to VCR 2. And the description for that was mixing magic with Lovecraftian horror, which I've got no idea what that means. Um, there was a load of physical games that Perp Games uh, are going to release over the next few months. Uh, so they're bringing physical editions to the market of Hubris, Crossfire, Mixture, Operation Serpents, Vertigo 2, Happy Funland, Pumata, Madison VR, Wanderer, The Fragments of Fate. So yeah, loads of physical PSVR 2 games for people that, that, that like like that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, Mixture was a game coming on the 8th of February, and I think this was just coming to PSVR 2, actually. Um, that yeah. looks quite quite cool, actually, that one. That's the um, one I like the look of the most out of everything, because yeah, it's same. third person, isn't it? Kind of it like Moss like style. A, yeah, a Moss, a moss up Yeah, if, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. A Moss-like. Yeah, they, they did look good. Um so I'm sure we'll be talking about that more because it comes out in a couple of months' time. Uh, 8th of, 8th Feb, yeah. of February, yeah. Uh, Gazzlers is getting a new update. Uh, Paint the Town Red VR is coming on March the 24th. And finally, Ragnarok update. Oh, no, not finally. because there's a whole new page I've got to scroll down. <laughs> Ragnarok is getting uh, Jonathan Young, who's a heavy metal person, DLC pack. Um, Timeless Hearts VR. It's a story-based VR roguelike adventure. Um Oh, God. Umurangi Generation VR. There you go. Um, coming on the 18th of April. Uh, and the Walkabout Mini Golf Meow Wolf course was revealed and shown. And then finally, this is the real final this time, Green Hell is getting a co-op mode. So there you go. There was lots of things, but probably not for someone who's not into VR particularly. Probably a lot of that stuff wouldn't mean much to them. So, oh. <laughs> Why would you watch it? Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah, indeed. But yeah, there, there was a lot less. It's well worth checking out. I mean, how long was? Because there was a lot more. Was an hour I mean, that sounded like a lot. There was a lot of stuff there, but there was loads more. That's probably yeah. like a fifth of the, the reveals there. Yeah, There's tons more stuff. Because it was yeah. it did run for over an hour and forty minutes. Because it got Bloody to hell. like right. ten to seven, and like we're halfway through, and like what? Come on. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a couple of big things I would say. Like two of the biggest things he probably announced aren't currently announced for PSVR 2 so that would have been his Undercover from Thunderful in Quote Sync the one that's very Time Crisis so it's, it's basically it, it's properly going for Time Crisis as that cover shooter it's like proper arcade and then the other one being Arcade Paradise VR because that gate, that's that game in flat is incredible and then you see it made up from VR and filling that washing machine with the clothes with your hands and plunging in the toilets and but then how they've redone it and the the different types of arcade games they've done to make it work in VR I think it's incredibly clever um so that's one that I think will do really well and I'd imagine that will come to PSVR 2 at some point it will just probably be timed on meta I would be shocked if it isn't hmm yeah so yeah, check it out. I think people um, upload VR have done a great job as well of just putting each of those uh, games as their own story on their on their website as well. So um, yeah. if there's any anything there that caught your attention, then you can just go and find it on their website and learn more about it and just watch the trailer for that without having to sit through an hour and forty minutes of quest trailers as well. So yeah, cool. Wunderbar.
Cool. All right. Well, I think we should move on to the main event of the show. Before we do, though, to remind everyone if they'd like to support us, they can give the podcast a sub on the service they're using. Uh, and if they want to leave us a review too, well, that would be awesome. And if they really want to show the love, they can do so at patreon.com forward slash lacrosse players. And for £2 a month, they can uh, become a patron and join entry into our lovely little WhatsApp group and gain access to the exclusive Bin Chat Patreon podcast, which is always utter nonsense. Great. Okay. Well, that is well. Let's let's move into our interview uh, with York. So we'll say goodbye now, and we'll we'll hand over to uh, ourselves from an hour or so ago and York. I guess. I mean, a good place to start is you have the uh, well. You've got several dubious honors, but chief amongst them is you are not only the first person to ever be a guest on this podcast. You're the first person to ever come back as a guest. So the first returning guest we've ever had. So um, how does that feel? Amongst all your many, many achievements, I'm sure that must be pretty high up there. <laughs> well, not only am I honoured to have this, this distinction, but also I am the first returning guest to have also won the Best Sports Game Award. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So that was which, uh, which yeah. thank you guys. We were all extremely honored to receive it and you know and I personally like liked rubbing it in with the PlayStation team to say that we won against Gran Turismo seven when I talked to them yesterday. It's so. <laughs> quite fair. I mean, yeah. that's a different yeah. debate. It's a different debate, isn't it? As to, you know, what's actually, a, is racing a sports game? You know, you're not even moving your body, are you? You don't even have to use the, 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 the move controllers. You can just use a dual sense. That doesn't count. Well, unless, of course, you've got a, a racing wheel. Um, exactly. And, uh, and then it gets physical. I mean, I, I have one in the office. And, uh, and it's, I actually have to say that Gran Turismo 7 makes me feel a little bit sick. Like when I play it, it's a little bit, and I don't yep. know why. Like, uh, because I could, I, I was totally fine with Wipeout on PSVR 1. So I'm, mm. which by the way, why the heck is that not on PSVR 2? Thank it's you. It's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. York. Um, I, uh, but, yeah, sorry. But, I mean, it would be good to talk again about C-Smash then, because it is developed and grown so much since release. We've all been playing it again because we said, right, let's sit down and let's re-review the game now. Because it, it's a completely different game. We, when I played it again, I picked it up again recently. I was just like floored by <laughs> how much better a game it was, and you know, not to doing a disservice of how it was at launch, but compared to just how much it's grown and evolved um, over the, the space since launch, has been fantastic to see. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, we're we're proud of it. It's like you know, I, we did release the full game at launch, but mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but there's a dreadful word. Um, content that keeps coming back oh. there's not enough content and i like, can't we just be happy with something that's beautifully made and that gives us a really <laughs> good slick time and actually respects our time but but uh but no it's like we've added more we've we've doubled it in size we've we've added a bunch of new modes you know co-op and you know ai sort of versus bot and a bunch of surprises here and there and and actually, in, in the coming weeks, there'll be some more updates. There'll be there'll be leaderboards. There'll be one, one feature that I'm very That's excited good. about because, you know, we were, and thanks for pointing it out also on your show, you know, at EGX, we were, you know, I believe we stole a bit of the show there. I mean, at least we were cer certainly the one game that really unanimously made people smile, you know, when they played it. And, and certainly it was the only game that made people move at the show. Um, which is also kind of crazy when you think about it. It's a festival where people are static, you know, and standing in line, um, mm. uh, which is what 
game festivals have become, I guess. Um, and that's... Well, we saw we saw you at EGX and the, the lines that you had for that game just always just there, people queuing up to uh, to play the game. And we said, you are doing such a, a job for Sony here to promote the headset. Why aren't they here? Why aren't mm. they here with dozens and dozens of uh, headsets for people to try on? Because with VR, you need to experience it for yourself, right? So having a presence with it on that show floor... It just seemed like such a missed opportunity for Sony to not not be there themselves. But yeah, you could see by the cues that you were getting and the interest and the reception, you could just, as you say, you could see the people smiling when they were playing it and just experiencing that for the first time. I think a lot of people would have gone away from that thinking, oh, wow, VR is cool now. VR is cool, but it's also, it's a performance it's, and it's an event as well in itself. And, uh, and it's far closer to the theater than it is to a movie or to a flat experience of sorts. It's, it's, it is genuinely immersive and you love to watch people playing it as well. And I mean, that's the one thing that PlayStation really got right from the start is that, you know, you can, you can watch people play it on the TV, you know, like uh, that, that they've integrated rather well. Uh, hmm. But it's true. I mean, I can't help but thinking that, well, First of all, a lot of these big, especially American corporations have pulled out of live events of since the pandemic. And so that's, that's been one of the factors there. And they feel that for whatever reason, it's not financially viable or something like that for, to, for them to, to, to be at shows, which is a huge bummer because, again, it's just turning everything into content and digital sort of garbage. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I. I don't. I loathe the idea that culture is being so dephysicalized. And uh, you know, games make you feel stuff. They make you think. They sometimes make you move. Indeed, like our game does. Like you know, like the we did. You know, a couple of generations ago, um, three generations, console generations ago. Um, and uh, I mean, people in, in in retirement homes were playing Wii Sports. You know, I mean that that was a major thing. Where suddenly it would cross generations. It was that was. It was bizarrely like a step in an incredible direction. And then suddenly after that, you know, the Wii U sort of tanked and then suddenly everything went back to just being this joypad, you know, which, which whose primary function is to shoot people in the face because the trigger is still the dominant um, uh, element on any controller. It's essentially a gun. Mm. Uh, actually, interesting piece of trivia. Who introduced the trigger to the controller? So not it, just a shoulder button, but a full-on trigger. Mm-hmm. I think I know the Is answer. Is that the to this. Dreamcast? Yeah. No. Was it the GameCube? Did that come first? No. I mean, the GameCube had one, but it wasn't the GameCube. I guess. I guess the N sixty four kind of had yes. a trigger. Yeah. And, it, and isn't yeah. it crazy to think that it was Golden it was yeah. for Goldeneye? And it's crazy to think yeah. that the most kid-friendly company, you know, <laughs> it's got a lot to answer for. Turn the controller <laughs> into a gun, isn't it? It's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's really and a odd. trident if you turned it around the other way. So two weapons in one. Basically. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm also, also dual, dual wielding Goldeneye as well. Even more, even more. <laughs> yeah. Stab, stab. Terrible way also, to play the game, but it was possible. <laughs> well, technically, they already had a gun when you know they did Duck Hunt. I mean, at the very beginning. Mm. So, so very true. It's very all true. their fault. You know, Bobby Kotick owes everything to Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Back to C Smash. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's why I love oh, discussions yeah, yeah. with you, Jorg. You just don't know where the conversation is going to go, Jorg. It's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's a wrong. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Games, games, games. PlayStation. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were doing a lot of job, uh, a lot of the job for them, or maybe for VR, but ultimately, we're really doing it for our game. and. Yeah, and most importantly, we're doing it for for players. Like I, you know, we're, we're on PlayStation VR two for now. We're extremely grateful for all the all the support. Uh, 
uh, PlayStation has, 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 have given us. Um, of course, I think all of us can agree that, you know, we wish the PSVR 2 was doing better. I mean, you can sense that it's perhaps not sort of like the hottest gaming item. And I, I just almost just said peripheral and that hurt because it, is, it feels like a peripheral right now, yeah. the way it's being treated. And, and it's like, and I think there was this sort of article about like a blog post from PlayStation maybe a couple of weeks ago where they talked about all the stuff that's coming out, the portal and all that kind of stuff. And then the PlayStation VR 2 was sort of like mentioned in a paragraph about accessories. Mm -hmm. and and it's like i don't know if you guys noticed that but it's like it was just guys it's not a it's it's not an accessory in a way it's a system of its and its own yeah it, it sort of needs to tether on to the playstation about to do it but but then also you have this thing you know i flagged this with playstation i wish they did do something about that um it's like when you when you put the headset on and you visit the home menu and of course the home menu doesn't really change it's suddenly surrounded by this black sort of you know whatever surround which is a bit boring and, and drab yeah. but but when you go to the store itself it doesn't know that you're wearing the headset even though no. the console does and why doesn't it just show you vr games like mm. actually the discoverability of our games is is uh is not there and, mm. and that's a bummer um so so there's there there are things where where i just wish you know both you know, PlayStation uh, uh, and, uh, you know, but also, you know, the world's in general understood that VR is, it's an event and it has to be physicalized. It has to be, uh, it's exciting. Um, and uh, it's not just a piece of hardware peripheral that you annoyingly strap to your face. Um, no. But th thankfully people are responding to our game, which is great. Mm. Good. And you mentioned, you mentioned events there. We obviously spoke about EGX and how popular C Smash was at EGX. But you have also been a busy man true true to form and you are kind of organizing a, a big gaming event next year right it's the first one isn't it um, yeah humanized festival right yes humanized tell, tell festival of play that. yeah humanized Love festival it. of play we've 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 announced it just uh just a few weeks ago three weeks ago i think um humanize with an s because we are in the uk after all quite right yeah, um, correct uh, and uh, humanize.games is the website uh, where you can sign up to the newsletter and um, where we'll be announcing the actual festival dates for next year soon. Um, but yeah, we'll be turning the whole town of Kendall, a beautiful town in the Lake District, uh, mm -hmm. into a playable map. It's all going to be physical. Uh, there's not going to be people standing in queues to then eventually sit down and on, the, on a chair in front of a board which has a screen on it and a joypad. But it's going to be um, it's going to be a cultural event. Uh, but it's not going to be an artsy cultural event. It's really going to celebrate the inclusivity and accessibility and and also the social nature of games. I mean. When I first fell in love with games, uh, it was in the 80s because I'm an old fuck. And um, <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, it was Outrun, you know, in 1986, yeah. you know. And I sat down inside the full-size, you know, cabinet and it was moving and and I, it, it was a VR experience. I mean, it, it, sure, I mean, I wasn't wearing a headset, but I was sitting inside of it. <laughs> and... And um, and and arcades were so social because you had you know there was a little girl watching here. There's an old dude with a cigarette. You know there's you know some shouting behind. There's some drunkards running about. I mean the arcades were were fully like you had the whole plethora of human experience within them. 
Um, and then suddenly, you know, as the consoles and the technology got more and more refined and we could suddenly like, bring console quality stuff to the house, like every, everything started becoming more and more isolated uh, and, um, and isolating as well, for that matter. Games suddenly stopped being social. And then we mm -hmm. had tech companies and especially internet and data companies gaslighting us into believing that doing stuff on the internet is social. Well, it is to a certain degree, but but you're no longer interacting with people in the flesh. You're on the same couch, etc. And um, and so I wanted to bring that back um, um, and remind people of the fact that games aren't tech; they're culture, and uh, and that games are human, and that's why it's called humanize. And uh, and of course. As part of Humanize uh, Festival of Play, we will also have a big VR esports event. And so it's going to be a physical VR esports event uh, with uh, people, like hundreds of people watching um, players, athletes, uh, VR athletes uh, perform competitively. Wow. Um, you're, st you're looking right at some VR athletes right here. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you guys have VR. to come. It's going to be amazing. But, <laughs> but also the other thing that, you know, the one thing that's really special about C-Smash, um, and they have, we haven't really t talked about it yet, uh, and I don't know if you guys have noticed it even, um, is that it is an extremely, an extremely and increasingly accessible game. So, for instance, you could be playing the game seated uh, in a wheelchair, for instance, against a fully quote-unquote able like uh, pro tennis player for instance and when mm. you're inside the game playing on online no no one would know that uh that you don't have the same physical ability as they do as a matter of fact we will soon also be uh, um, including a one-handed mode to the game where you can do both the serve um and actually use the racket hand all in the same hand because I had this fun moment at EGX where there was a player who came by and he, and he had one of his, uh, you know, arms in a, in a, in a you know, uh, you know, he broke his sling. arm. Yeah, in a sling. Hmm. And he's like, I want to play. He's like, and I looked at him and was like, fuck, what do we do now? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll just, I only broke it three days ago. I think it should heal. I just, I can move it enough. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I want. To, I don't want to be responsible. Can we? Do you want to sign some disclaimer? And he a said, whole "Don't new worry." Means tennis elbow. Yeah, I mean, he was he was broken, the poor dude. And um, and uh, yeah, and that that gave me the idea. It's like, oh my god, we can actually do it with one hand. There's a way of doing it. But you know, you can you can, you can change. Of course, it's the left and right-handed uh, players can play it. Which surprisingly, a lot of VR games don't even support that yet. Um, you can change the movement on the analog stick uh, and alternate it between them, regardless of which hand you use as the racket hand and all this kind of stuff. So we've put all these things in the game to hopefully invite as many people into it as possible. And so indeed, you know, one thing that I, that I, what I also want to do is have people in wheel athletes and wheelchairs play against people who are on both on two feet. And, uh, mm. and that's something I just have never seen before in any sport virtual or physical um uh, mm. or irl and so yeah so it's going to be a, a uniquely positive inviting inclusive and yeah human event i think for anyone listening as well that maybe played the game at launch i found it much more accessible from a difficulty perspective i think there's the it's not mm. a casual mode is it called casual mode What's zen the, zen mode thank you yeah zen. and 
I was like, I can play this now. Because that was for me, when I played it before, I just wasn't good enough to, to complete the levels in the, in the time. And I kept trying and I kept having to repeat levels. And eventually it started getting frustrating. But now I can play it in Zen mode. And I was like, this is catering for me now and my abilities much more. So, at this. It gives me a chance busy to dad practice. Mode. <laughs> busy it? tab mode, it's yeah. Like, I, can't keep, I can't keep losing. I just need to get through. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have time to get through. Uh, yeah. And then you get to the final boss. And then it's like, oh, actually, no. This is quite difficult again. <laughs> that was a nice. That was a nice surprise, though. I like that. I don't know. It just feels much more balanced. Like it was ramping up with me, and you know the, the challenges. It wasn't. I didn't have the pressure of like constantly count, count, timer counted down, which that's there if people want to have that mode. But it's just yeah, I really appreciated that extra mode for it. So I think anyone that wants to revisit it, uh, that mode is there waiting for them. Yeah, I think no, the I level to... of options in general should be praised as well i think what you've added uh even the you can kind of increase the level of detail so you can have it completely minimalist you know without any kind of annotations to the menus or you can have if you're wondering oh, what does that little symbol mean you can actually add that note which is something i noticed this week and i was like ah oh, now yeah. i know what that means which is really yeah, I'm, handy I'm, I'm a stickler for 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 less is more and i mean that was really the 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 philosophy behind the game from the beginning actually it was or even better it was less but better was our approach and which is a te- which is a you know a slogan we we stole from the great uh, german designer Dieter Rams who was the designer for brown and then um uh, and famously you know john johnny ive uh, you know essentially stole all of his designs for apple cuz they're all very very heavily uh, inspired by Dieter Rams's design aesthetic and um i mean if you if you if you google Johnny Ive and you know and uh, uh, Dieter Rams uh, you'll see that you know there's come some like you know sort of like split screen comparisons of their products and you go oh jesus like <laughs> he basically invented apple um but uh, but yeah, but we also were very inspired by, by his approach, which was just everything has to have a function, and if it doesn't, it shouldn't be there. And and in the world of so much noise in which that we now inhabit, uh, and also including in games where we can essentially do anything now, you know, in games we can put particle effects everywhere, we can put reflections here and there, and all the colors under the moon and whatever, and then and everything just becomes noise. It's like Marvel movies; it's like everything is crisp and everything is. Everything is rendered and everything is there. There's just no shadows anymore. It's like everything's just like, oh, there's fucking money on screen. And you don't even know where to look anymore. And so I wanted to allow people to relax while being physical. Um, and uh, I think it, that's why I think it feels good. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 You have nailed the brief then in that case. That's, um, yeah, definitely. Well, just before well, we move on from Humanized Festival now, of Play. You know, it's, it's amazing to be yeah. working with people who actually know how to nail things. <laughs> yeah, I was just hammering. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to check, um, the Humanized Festival of Play. Why Kendall specifically? Not mm. somewhere I've ever been, but is that what's, – what's the thinking behind it being in Kendall? So, so Kendall is uh, – is is a is a festival town it's um it it has been home to two great festivals one is the world's uh, leading adventure film festival called the Kendall Mountain Festival and right. uh so the town itself has only like 23,000 inhabitants but every time the Kendall Mountain Festival comes around each year it grows to around 50,000 people so it actually also oh. uniquely has the capacity to grow twice in size uh, when it hosts other people, it's surrounded by beautiful nature. So it's surrounded by 
by by hills and the lakes and uh you know so it's so so that is that also makes it a lovely destination um and then it also has been home to the uh, lakes comic arts festival which has been around since 2014 i was there during this inaugural year with a graphic novel i wrote back then called ricky rouse as a gun and uh, and i've known them since and, and matt burke who is one of the co-founders of the lakes comic arts festival which is now the best comic book festival in the uk um he approached me like i want to do a games festival and um uh, do you can you advise me and consult me on that and you know when he first pitched it to me you know he just said like yeah i just want to do a festival and bring games to it i don't know workshops workshops and have developers talk and all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah i mean we kind of have that already you know that exists in in some shape or form um can we do something completely different and um and uh, and so we started brainstorming and that's how sort of humanized came about but but yeah it's 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 a great it's a lovely town and and it's and also you know the north you know is is a place that that also deserves to have its events um uh there's incredible game developers up north and also in scotland of course just across as, as well and, and and so i want to to celebrate them as well and uh and, and just get away from london a little bit um and mm. uh yeah so yeah kendall is is gorgeous and then you can go to lake oh. windermere there will be hiking oh. trips there will be there will be mountain biking there'll be all sorts of other cool things you'll be able, be able to do during the festival um yeah, it sounds it's, incredibly wholesome. <laughs> it does. It, it is because games are incredibly wholesome, you know, although can be, you know, I mean, they're not when they're sort of wasting our time for like 80 hours and we're sort of like chasing sort of dumbass achievements and like, you know, mm. like spending time, you know. I mean, listen, I have chased a lot of dumbest achievements That's, in my life. Right. I'm not going to tell right. him I'm one away from the platinum on C Smash. No, but I've, and I've spent so much time doing it, but sometimes it feels a bit thankless, you know, and uh, and and sort of almost abusive are, are the amount of time that that games can take from us. And uh, mm. you know, I mean, when you play a Nintendo game, for instance, when you play a Mario game, you know that if you sort of waste your time walking around the corner and whatever, you'll find the delight there. You know, they will yeah. like like Miyamoto and team will hide something behind that almost that that impossible looking like no way they would put anything there, right? But there's a lot of games, especially Ubisoft games, where you know you can sort of walk around for hours, and he's like, well, okay, why did I just do this? Like I, yeah. um, hmm. and so, uh, but I I feel like in the real world, wherever you go, it gives something back. Um, and and so sort of physicalizing this experience and uh, and indeed giving that sense of achievement to the event. And I, won't, I don't give away too many surprises because we're indeed turning the town into a playable map. Um, the idea that that everything that it will be full of surprises and, and unlockable events and things, almost saying too much, um, uh, is 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 going to remind us of what makes games fun, which makes them feel not like an escape but like a place you can travel to and that's something that's really important to me i don't want a game as escapism i want games as a journey as a travel it's a place where you go so you can gain something from it that you were perhaps missing and then take some of that back home with you mm. that's lovely beautifully put it just got me thinking like some of the things that we've enjoyed most in vr this year is the stuff that you can do in real life it's like the escape rooms playing the room vr or mini golf playing walkabout mini golf and 
you know, the three of us would never meet up just to play mini golf in real life. We should do, but we don't. <laughs> but we meet up in <laughs> purely for we, geographical we reasons. It's not because we despise sure. each other in real life. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But if, but when we do meet up, Maybe. we'll be into EGX this year and we all went up and, and queued up and played games, like I said. But it would have been more fun if we'd queued up and played mini golf together or, or something and, and do that. But we're not. We're meeting to meet at EGX. And for me, that being there is just to be social and see people and bump into people that we know rather than queuing up to play any games. That's kind of the secondary thing but, we do but while that's, we're there. But that's the thing that's weird about it, right? Because you, you don't feel the joy of gaming at, at these events. And, mm. and, and why is that? Because when you go to a literary festival, you don't see people slumped against a wall reading books, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a celebration. But... It's a celebration of the culture of, of books and, and the people that make them. And mm. um, and game events haven't quite gotten on to that idea yet. They sort of we're still we're still treating those as like sort of product sort of garage sales, you know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and that's great. a bummer. It's a disservice to to our our art and our culture and indeed our, our incredible community that we have. As, and and does that come from conferences being evolved from the E three model, where it's like just a, a chance for buyers to get their hands on the, the latest games before the internet was a thing, and people used to go there to see see games and then write about them and sell them to people, uh, and that's kind of what what gaming conventions still are and you're right they don't really need to be there anymore because mm. there's better ways i always think, I think when i see people queuing up to play a game i'm like well this game i can just download a demo of this next week when it comes out you know but i, I think they have a right it. to i think they have a right to be there but i think they have to evolve just like everything yeah. has to evolve like the game industry is not evolving in the right in direction at the moment as we all uh, have noticed i mean there's been nine thousand layoffs this year <laughs> yeah uh the the stores are just filled with garbage and and yet and they continue to take thirty percent from us, most of them, and mm. even those that take a little bit less, like just give away games for free every Thursday, AAA games, so you don't really feel the urge to buy anything on that anyway. So it's kind of a con, regardless of where you look. And so so the digital spaces have become impossible. You know, they're they're no longer stores; they're sort of you know landfills. And. And then, and the sort of physical event side, what is that? It's sort of like a sad reflection of, you know, some games that sort of want to get attention. They don't have enough money. So, so the indie games, for instance, at Gamescom all get crammed into a literal ghetto um, yeah. at Gamescom, which is one hall. And the, the, the hall is called Indie Arena Booth. So every single indie in the world gets to share one booth with every other mm -hmm. indie game. Whereas all the AAA games have their own booths. So, and then, you know, and if you start to think about it, it's like, that's kind of fucked up because the, the yep. whole wealth of games is really in the indie scene, really. I mean, that's where the innovation happens. That's where the ideas come from. And so that sort of inequality is also then reflected in the way game festivals are structured and done, right? You've got indies sort of like sharing some fucking desks down the corner, like as if they're in like, as if you're going to a cubicle land. You know, and then you've got a yeah, yeah. big bombastic AAA bullshit, and you know, and I'm saying that all the AAA stuff is bullshit, but most of it is, and you yeah. know, uh, and that's what's so fucking beautiful about VR is like this is still an experiential, experimental space, and people, we don't have any rules yet for this is the thing that really works, like. You know, we know Beat Saber works, but it's, if you try to copy it, you're just a pale copy of Beat Saber. So done that. Um, yep. you know, shooting people in the face. Sure. You can do that better here and there. You can iterate on that stuff. Oh, cool. Here's zombies and here's Arizona sunshine too. Really well done. 
And I'm, a lot of people just endlessly like to shoot things, and that's great. But, uh, you know, but, it, but there's so much innovation within that space. There's so much uh, invention happening still, and, and, and it will continue to be so. Um, you know, Half-Life Alex was obviously a golden example of, you know, extremely well-produced sort of like AAA game. But people aren't really copying that. You know, A, you can't mm. like attain that kind of level of budget because uh, it's unsustainable for anyone else. Um, but at the same time, people are finding different ways of locomotion, of interaction, of communication and stuff. I adore it. So, um, and but how do we now translate this in, in the real world? How do we make people understand that that's what VR does? You know, and we need events for that, you know, uh, not from a marketing point of view, but from a experience point of view. VR needs to be physical and it needs to be experienced live, you know, I think. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> Absolutely, good. I... Go on, Laurie. You look like you're... I'm just going to say that it's those games like for me, it's where there's those those narrative heavy games. So things like Red Matter. I don't know if you had a chance to to play yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Matter. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that physicality of it because you are walking around and I, it's that sort of game. I can't imagine playing that seated. I want to stand up because I want to to lean up and pick 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 up the things in front of me and interact with them. Those those kind of puzzle games that, but where you have that narrative as well and you really feel like you're in the story. For me, that's what I want. I just want VR games that are like short experiences that just put you in the shoes of, of someone else and you really can experience in that feeling. Oh, you said earlier, it's like theatre where it's like you can really empathise with that character. You feel like you're in their shoes so much. Uh, it just has a real impact and stuff. And there's been some really moving experiences. Like I'm thinking of Another Fisherman's Tale and you guys both liked uh, Before Your Eyes that really can have such a profound impact because they're in VR. So I'd like to see more of that, that kind of thing. Yeah, they're gorgeous. The thing that the problem is, like from a commercial point of view, is that <laughs> narrative-driven games just don't really sell. And I mean, some of them, like uh, like I mentioned before, your wise and others are uh, a lot of them. Like you'll see that there's a lot of like the more narrative-driven, more experimental games that would probably come of countries like either France or or Canada, mm. where you have um, you know uh, uh, support from 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 the state, from the government um and and they get grants right and at the at a certain mm. time you know meta would give out grants as well which they no longer do um so at the beginning of the quest uh, you would see a lot of uh, far more experimental high budget high uh, ambitious uh, games that were a bit more weird and a bit more personal and all this kind of stuff and you see less of that now and that's there's a reason for that because there's there's less there are less grants now for uh for those kind of games i mean the last worker for instance right i mean our own game my first collaboration with wolf and wood i mean we you know we nominated for you know at the venice film festival we had all sorts of amazing reviews for it it's amazing performances by an incredible cast in it uh, there was also a flat version of the game that we were asked to make which i I, I wish we hadn't in a way because I think the game is just so beautiful in VR and I wish we'd only just pushed that. But but by the time we released it, like the, the landscape had changed on Quest as well. It's like, you know, the, mm. the sort of like first person narrative stuff suddenly was, and any narrative driven stuff was starting to dip deeper and fall, fall deeper and deeper inside the um, uh, the charts. Uh, and you'd start seeing like, you know, all these shooters pretty, pretty much dominating it or sort of like, uh, you know, goofy games like the monkey moving thing, <laughs> what it was called, which, which is fun as fuck, but, uh, <laughs> what's it called? I've no oh, idea. Toss? Toss. No, no, it's Get incredible. 
No, you, you know, basically you're just this monkey without so this oh, legless and monkey. You're around on all fours, and you just and you have around. to move about with your hands like that. It's like no one you know, no you know, in the beginning people always said like, yeah, you don't want to do locomotion by moving your hands. No one will want to play that. Um, and, then, and there's this one guy who just said like, you know what, I'm going to make a game, it's going to be all about that. And he put that on the sort of on App Lab and the kids just went crazy because it was free. And he's like, ah! and it's ridiculous because everything, everything you do is just by doing this, you just jump, push yourself up and it's insane. It shouldn't make Amazing. you vomit. It probably does. Um, and all that jazz, but it's huge. I forgot the name of it now. Tumble or something, something like that. I don't know. Um, Awesome. <laughs> it's a shame it would have been a great advert for them but <laughs> we, we, we don't know the name we'll of the clip, game we'll clip that and put the text over the top of it yeah just yeah, um, yeah yeah correct me yeah okay uh, conscious of time here as you oh. are the busiest man on the planet but i did want to ask one final question oh, if, we only have half an hour is that it is well that you know it's, what, what, yeah we're i'm all right, right. I, can, um, I can i can hang on if you want okay so if if sony approached you and said you seem to know your shit. What are we going to do with PSVR two? What would if they just put you in charge? How would you run things from here on out for twenty twenty four? First, no pressure. No, no. I mean, I've I've thought about this. I mean, I mean, I think about world domination every every time, every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, firstly, like you know, I mean, we 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 alluded to this earlier. Uh, there are some PlayStation classics that, and also PSVR one classics that, you know, who's, uh, uh, who's, you know, uh, the fact that they're not on PSVR two is crazy to me. So, I mean, wipe out, mm -hmm. please. Definitely. And it's already HD. It looks crisp as hell. Like it doesn't yep. need anything other than sort of changing the control scheme to whatever, to the new joy pad or whatever to the and new it controllers. Runs so well on the ps5 as well it's, it's incredible i was playing it the fast. other day yeah it's, it's amazing it, it, i was playing it's in my a portal. psvr one game right it's it's on yeah. psvr yeah. so yeah yeah like, yeah so that but astrobot rescue mission excuse me but like uh, you know if 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 team asobi doesn't want to do it and they're, they've moved on to something else i've been hoping that they're they're working on a psvr2 game i don't know if they are uh, I fear it might be another flat Astrobot because I mean the one that they packaged in with the PS5 is incredible. Mm. The one that you mm -hmm. got for free, I think, it's actually still probably the best, uh, you know, first-party PS5 game, even though it was free. Uh, it's the one that gave me the most joy and delight, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stunning. I was like, it used the controller beautifully and not in a sort of like, oh, look, the controller could do this. It's like, no, it fucking, you can do this with a controller, which is even better. Um, and uh, it was just stunning. So that, like, can I just please have an HD remake of the original game? Like, there are so many developers right now that are running out of money and uh, and struggling. Like, can PlayStation perhaps hand this game over to one of these very talented devs and uh, and go like, please just work on an HD remake because the team is working on something else. People will jump at that. There's so many great VR developers with great R teams who would probably jump at the chance. Um, and uh, so, so those were those to me are things. You know, we've got we're getting a new Last of Us remake every five months. So, you know, so maybe maybe the same could be done for this. But so, so those are obvious things. Um, of course, Half Life, Alex. You know, I don't know if Steam is hogging it, um, but the fact that it's not on PSVR two is silly. Uh, it's just silly. It's it's you know, it has to be on there. And even 
what's even more silly is that Portal is not on PS5. And even worse, Portal is not on Portal. That is a crying shame. That is a crime. Hey, see what he's done there. But yeah. Portal in VR, it just needs to happen. That would just would be so much fun. I know, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that Valve are being sort of protective of their own. They want to be their own sort of PC VR empire and whatnot, maybe. Who yeah, knows? But we always Who say knows? that I hate this exclusivity with VR is not a big enough medium enough for all the different platform holders to have to hold their stuff close. It's just by all means have a period of six months or a year. But yeah, it's that um, Assassin's Creed Nexus game, like a big high profile game like that being locked on one system. It's just like, it's just mad. Like, because we need people to play these games to get to get the sales to make it worth making more games like it. I'm sure, I think I don't know about Assassin's Creed. Is that is that a timed exclusive? I, I they've not they've not said yet. Not said don't yet. know for oh, sure. Okay, no idea. Okay, yeah, I'd be surprised if it didn't come to PSVR two. Like Ubisoft likes to, you know, likes to you know maximize their income and profits and things. What I mean, who doesn't probably come to Labo? Nintendo Labo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, that their VR, the Labo VR was very promising. <laughs> It wasn't the best VR experience, but it was great fun. I actually got to build, I, I have that, and I built, building the headset with my son. It's a fantastic experience. If you want to talk Same about the physical, physicality of games. Yeah, yeah building, uh, building the building stuff is more fun than amazing. playing it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but actually, speaking of, uh, uh, I have a virtual boy um, in my office, and, uh, and I have 10 games on that one. And there's a game that I only just discovered existed. I found it on eBay, and it's called... Uh, oh god space squash i think and it's like uh, sounds it's, familiar i know it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> you sure you haven't played that before no i mean listen That's i didn't you know, cosmic smash uh, so, yeah we know you didn't copy them. if anyone's in trouble with sega <laughs> yeah, yeah mm. no and it's and it's like it's it's cool it's like it's like you're like but you're like a flying character so it's like it's, it's a 3d space and you're, you're flying like a little jetpack and stuff and there's one on the opposite side and there's some blocks in the middle occasionally and stuff it's super cool it it does make you feel sick and gets you gives you mm. a migraine after about 20 seconds as the virtual boy did but um but if you guys ever are in london and stuff uh come by because the virtual boy is like it's where it all began isn't it yeah i've never actually played one i've always wanted to so i'm gonna take yeah. up on that <laughs> it's it's it is great well I, I technically it's not where it all began because sega was going to have its first vr headset uh the first commercial one back in 1993 which would have been two years before the virtual boy yeah i and, think you uh, showed us uh yes you showed us that last time you were on, and, the, yeah. and it looks like a modern VR headset. Yeah. It looks like amazing. It's barely it changed. Cost, it was going to cost two hundred dollars back then, which wow. I don't know. I'd, which I don't know what it is today. Today's equivalent. I think it probably would be like five hundred, six hundred dollars. Um, and you would hook it up to the Mega Drive, and it would probably run at fourteen frames a second. And uh, but you know, virtual racing was apparently development for that, which is why it was called VR. Mm. virtual racing yeah. and it always flashes a vr in front of it anyway we could be in a completely different future now had sega actually gone through with that but hey um yeah mm. now we have microsoft not doing vr at all but they are selling hololenses to the pentagon in the billions so hey wow fun world and christmas jumpers to idiots as yeah. well i've heard christmas jumpers <laughs> yes and <laughs> yeah and they've sp spent 69 billion dollars on the biggest army recruitment uh, platform <laughs> in the yes. world for the kids for the kids so don't yeah. worry about it it's all good give us one more flash of your t-shirt on that note Jörg, let's have a look just for all the cod fans out there there we go <laughs> love you all Brilliant. 
but um, <laughs> yes, uh, but VR is exciting. I think the Quest. I had, I had a lovely meeting this morning actually with with some folks at Meta and uh, here in London, and uh, and I'm excited. I am excited because they are supporting it. Yes, it's a bummer that there's like one big player in the scene, really. You know, although the Pico headset is stunning. Like, I don't know if you guys have put the Pico 4 headset on. No. I think it's the most comfortable VR standalone headset in the world. It's a great headset. It has a higher resolution than, you know, than even the PSVR 2, I believe. Um, so it's some, generationally, it's somewhere between the Quest 2 and the Quest 3, between the Quest 2 and the PSVR 2 kind of thing. And mm. uh, and it's amazing. It's a great system. It is really, really good. And yeah, yeah. We've heard that Pico has had some layoffs. Who hasn't? Like, I think proportionally, I think Pico has had as many layoffs as as Meta has had <laughs> layoffs over the last two years. When you think about it, um, well, and we should uh, just be just be thankful that Mark Zuckerberg is just committed and putting money into this because you can tell the executives at Facebook must be desperate to shut down the whole metaverse project. But he's like, nope, just, we're going to make this. We're going to keep putting money into this until it happens. Which yeah, but it's good, not. I mean, but it's, it's great. It's, it, it's, it is, but it's not the metaverse project, you know? I mean, the Quest the, the quest is, is a gaming system, like really, yeah. fundamentally. And mm. they have a gaming division, you know? Um, you know, they have people like Jason Rubin working at Meta, right? Jason Rubin, who, of course, created Crash, helped or co-created Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter and founded Naughty Dog, right? This, that dude is working within uh, Meta. So it's, it is, you know, there are some great people in there. And of course, you know, they've only, technically, they've only just launched the thing. You know, it's only been around for a short period of time. They've been committed to it. Um, I've got all sorts of issues with the mothership over there. But as far as the 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 potential of of the quest as 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 and and where it's going uh, and and the fact that the quest two is still selling like boatloads yeah. right it's it's exciting it's like there is there's things to be there are things to be done and there's a lot of room for improvement and they're and they're very well aware of that as well um uh, and and you can see that they're constantly iterating they're constantly adding updates adding features you know um, hand tracking this etc it's just it's just it, it's it, it is evolving as a thing. And so I think we we have to thank them for it as well. And we also have to thank PlayStation because they did um, release PSVR 2. The first one wasn't a massive success. They're making billions with their flat games. They technically don't need this. At the same time, it feels like they also feel that like sometimes it feels like they go like, well, technically we don't need this. And so it also seems like it's being treated in that way. But yeah. but thanks to people like yourselves and us also, you know, they they they, they feel that there's you know lots of love for it. Um, people are having an amazing time in it, and I certainly love making games for it. So uh, let's keep going. 